Hello and welcome to another episode of Roy's Ranting and Rambling Reviews. My name is Roy, and I will be your host for this podcast episode. So to start off, I wanted to talk a little bit about video game stuff again. I think we should just call this segment, like, Video Game Watch or something. Uh, I've basically been following uh, the, the news of video game adaptations into live action or, or video game adaptations into TV shows, into movies, and sort of following their progress because, like I've predicted, I think that video game adaptations might one day be the next big thing like a comic book movie. And I think that Netflix is going to have a big part and a big hand in uh, determining whether or not the video game adaptation is successful. Because they've had that, uh, they've had Arcane come out recently that's got really good reviews, uh, got a lot of good positive buzz. Um, that's a, a League of Legends television show. I haven't watched it yet. Apparently it's really good. Uh, I have not seen it, so I can't really comment, but uh, it's another win for the video game adaptation. Um, And they've also done, I don't know if I mentioned this on my other episodes, but they've done a show about uh, uh, Cuphead, uh, which is a a unique little um, platformer game that's really hard, but it's got that uh, Depression-era animation style to it, which lends itself really well to an an animated style television show. Again, I have no idea. I haven't even heard a lot of like buzz about that. I haven't heard anything about it like I have with Arcane. Um, but you know, it's a unique idea that I don't think a lot of other studios, platforms, streaming services would be willing to take a chance on. So it's it's neat that Netflix is willing to invest time and money into some of these kind of weird and different things like that. And I think it, it's reasons like that why Netflix is going to have a big part in um, whether or not the video game adaptation is successful. Then of course Netflix has also done uh, the Witcher television series which you know it's it's sort of a mixed bag but you know they obviously throw a lot of money into it for it to uh, to look good and to get a big name star like Henry Cavill Um, and I know that you know the Witcher television show is technically an adaptation on the books but let's be real for all intents and purposes that's a video game show because when you think of the witcher no one really thinks of the books everyone thinks about the video game right now so like i said for all intents and purposes that's a video game show and i also saw recently that netflix is doing a bioshock adaptation which that's really exciting because i love bioshock i love that world i love those games um it's a really incredibly interesting world from a design and an aesthetic standpoint, I just love the look and the feel of it. Uh, it's a little bit of horror, it's a little bit of sci-fi, uh, but it's also, it's underwater, the first two are. Um, it's got those horror elements to it, but it's still, it's a first-person shooter, so it's an action game. Um, it's really good stuff. And then, you know, of course, there's big twists and revelations and some interesting story. Uh, the second game, it takes place from the perspective of one of the bigger villains I think or you know one of the monsters basically if memory serves and then the third one is in a new setting Uh, instead of going underwater they go above the clouds and it gets a little racial it gets a little political I know that might trigger some people but sorry it's in there and then uh, you know it it takes on some other more heady sci-fi concepts and I just I freaking love Bioshock Infinite 
So I'm really hoping that this Bioshock project that Netflix is doing um, is really good and I hope it's successful. So like I said, I, I think Netflix is going to have a, a big part in whether or not the, uh, the video game adaptation is successful. Um, so between, you know, like Bioshock coming out there and The Last of Us show, which I think that's HBO Max thing or Showtime. I don't remember. Who's doing The Last of Us? I don't remember. Uh, but if Bioshock's really successful, really good. Last of Us is really successful, really good. Um, there's going to be a, a Halo show coming out on like Showtime or Amazon or something. I don't know. If those three projects are really good and successful, I think we can expect to continue to see more and more video game stuff which is only good for us video game nerds that want to see some of our games adapted into series, into movies, and things like that. Uh, also recently, there's been some new Sonic 2 trailers and posters. That must be coming out soon. They are really ramping up the, the hype with the advertising and the marketing for that. I didn't really care for the first movie. I thought it was really childish and really dumb and not in a good way. Um, there's lots of kids movies out there that are, are much better. Like anything Disney Pixar puts out, you know, is a kid's movie, but isn't as dumb as Sonic was. Um, you know, I, I hate when people want to, want to excuse a dumb kid's movie because they say, well, it's just for kids. Okay. Well, something like the Mitchells versus the machines, uh, Luca, um, Onward, Soul, those are kids' movies, but they're not dumb kids' movies. You know what I mean? So, while I didn't really like Sonic, that first movie, you know, it was it was a video game adaptation. People really seemed to like it. Um, it made a lot of money. Uh, so, you know, that's good. Uh, hopefully the second one can replicate its same success. Hopefully it makes a bunch of money. Uh, hopefully people really like it again. And hopefully that helps continue to us seeing more and more video game adaptations down the road, which again, can only be a good thing, I think. Um, but today what I wanted to talk about, uh, my main topic I wanted to get into is the concept and the idea of originality in movies. Um, last week, or my last episode, I talked about um, a couple of ideas I had for how superhero movies can continue to stay original and I, I threw out a couple of ideas that I think are a unique and original concept and premise for superhero movies, should they ever really run out of ideas. Um, I also discussed how those ideas that I threw out there we'll never see in a million years, and that's fine. It was just an exercise to show that there's lots of things that you can still do within the realm of a superhero world or a comic book movie. Um, and recently, and since that last episode came out, I was able to see the new Batman movie, and it's got all these concepts and ideas uh, and elements of other Batman movies that you've seen and things that you've seen recently, but yet it's able to combine them all into a really unique and refreshing and original take on the character and the Batman world and the Gotham mythos. Like, it's got, you know, it's got Batman, and he's teaming up with Jim Gordon, obviously, and they've got to solve crimes, and they've got to beat the bad guy. It's got a new masked villain who's terrorizing Gotham, and he's killing its citizens. It's got Catwoman, who wants to get out of her life of squalor and rise out of the slums and start a new life for herself. 
Um, it, it goes into the Gotham underbelly and the the seedy, corrupt world, and how Salvatore Moroni and Carmine Falcone are big players in that world. Um, it's it's a grounded and realistic and gritty take on Batman, similar to the Nolan movies. It's got a lot of these ideas from the Nolan movies. So it's something, it's all these ideas that we've seen and we've seen recently within the last 10 to 15 years. But again, it was able to blend them in, in a creative and original way that's satisfying to the viewer. You know, it's something new. Even though it's stuff we've seen before, it's something new and original and fresh. And that proves that you get the right people involved in production. You get the right talented people. You don't need really heady, high concept ideas for something to be creative and original and unique. You just need talented people. So the Batman kind of proved me wrong that you don't need high concept ideas to be creative and fresh, right? You just need the right talented people with the right ideas. Um, but I wanted to talk about originality as a whole in the industry and the arguments or the conversations I have with people. Um, there's a few different types of people and a few different takes I see when it comes to originality in movies. And the one I see most often or I hear complaints of most often is that people don't like popcorn movies or they're not big movie fans because they'll say like, well, everything nowadays is just either a, a sequel, a reboot, a remake, a prequel, or it's based on a comic book, or it's based on a video game. So that's why I don't like movies. Nothing's original anymore. And it's like, well, yeah, if that's all you're seeing, if that's all you're aware of, then that's all, that's all you're going to think of. That'd be like me turning on the radio and complaining that this is why I don't like music today, because... The only thing you ever hear is just pop music. Well, yeah, on that one specific channel, there's pop music, but there's tons and tons of different artists and genres and bands, and there's a ton of different music out there. You just have to know where to look and where to find it. It's the same thing with movies. There are thousands upon thousands of movies that are released every single year. Not every single one of them is a comic book movie or based on a book or a a sequel to a, a prequel that was a prequel that was based on a book or something. No, it, it, I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of different movies out there. So I, I kind of hate that argument that there's there's no originality in movies anymore. Like, there's tons of stuff out there. In a world where A24 exists and they are consistently and constantly pumping out really good content, you can't tell me we live in a world where there's a lack of originality in movies. You know what I mean? Like, there's a ton of good stuff out there. And these people that want to complain that there's no such thing as an original movie anymore, and they don't want to watch Transformers 8 or the 30th different Marvel movie, you know, you'd sit them down and say, okay, well, do you want to watch something like, you know, The Lighthouse, directed by Robert Eggers? Do you want to watch Hereditary by uh, Ari Aster? Do you want to watch A Ghost Story? You know, you sit down and, and, and have them watch some of these movies and then they would complain that those ones are, are too different or too weird or too out there for them. Like, their tastes can't handle that sort of thing because they've never really been introduced to it. They've never gone out of their way to find that type of stuff. So it's like, well, what do you want? You know what I mean? Do you want a David Lynch type of experimental um, 
you know, abstract type movie? Or do you want some nuts and bolts, cookie cutter, popcorn bullshit that you're familiar with that you've seen a million times? You know, like, what do you want? So it's like those type of people, I feel like, can't be satisfied and they're, they just want to complain about something. But what I'm saying is there's a ton of original shit out there. You just need to know where to look and, and how to find it and, and what to look for, really. Um, and even though that, you know, the popcorn stuff, you know, every Marvel movie, at the end of the day, it's, it's good guy has to beat the bad guy. Sci-fi and fantasy shenanigans ensue in the middle. Even though it's all that and they generally follow the same outline or the same structure, there's still a lot of originality to have within those confines. Um, I, I remember a few years ago when Spider-Man Far From Home came out and I was explaining it to a friend. I said, it's like Spider-Man meets Eurotrip. And his response was, oh, so it's not original then? I was like, what? No, w what do you mean? Like, he took my, my explanation uh, and he, he went the complete opposite way with it. I was using that, that pitch as a way to describe to him something that was in fact unique and original. I was like, what do you mean that's not original? When have you seen Spider-Man meets Eurotrip before? That's a completely new take on the character in the live-action movie that we haven't seen before. Like, are you not familiar with the concept of the elevator pitch? You know, like, an elevator pitch is something that you just... That, that you could pitch to someone in the span of an elevator ride, and they would immediately get the concept, and they could see the vision of it. And that's what I was trying to do. I'm like... No, this is original. It's it's something we haven't seen before. And I was trying to use two different concepts that I knew he would be familiar with so we could kind of paint a picture in his mind of, oh, you know what? That is kind of interesting. You know, because I've seen Eurotrip. That made me laugh when I was a teenager. I've seen Spider-Man. Uh, he can be an exciting, fun character, but I've never seen him do a Eurotrip before. You know what I mean? So I thought that was a, an interesting way to, to pitch that movie. And maybe to the older audience, he would say, well, it's like, it's like Spider-Man meets National Lampoon's European Vacation. You say those two things and people can kind of get the idea of what you're talking about. Or, or they should, at least. But, you know, like, that's why there's still a lot of, of room for originality in superhero movies. Kind of like I talked about before. And, and in Hollywood popcorn movies in general. You can take two completely different ideas, mash them together, and create something that is unique and original and that hasn't been done before. Which is you know, more or less what Spider-Man Far From Home was. That was an example of that. Another great example of that is a movie that came out a few years ago called Freaky, where it's it's a, a couple of different concepts that have been mashed together. Um, but I'm afraid that s someone that sees two ideas that they've seen before separately, that person, when they see those mashed together and they still think it's an original, they would watch something like Freaky and say, oh, well, it's just Freaky Friday meets Friday the 13th. And it's like, yeah, exactly. That's the point. The creators are aware of that. That was done on purpose because we haven't seen that idea done before. It'd be like complaining about having a Reese's peanut butter cup because you would say, well, I've had chocolate and I've had peanut butter and a Reese's peanut butter cup. It's just chocolate and peanut butter mixed together. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the point. And it's fucking great. 
hey Reese's also if you're listening uh, maybe throw an advertisement my way huh that'd be neat well then on the exact opposite side you'll have the other guy the, the other take when it comes to originality you'll have the guy that wants to be dismissive of something for being unoriginal because well everything's already been done before so what do you want them to do you know this is the guy this is the type of person that wants to say that you know some movie is it's not as bad as people are making it out to be it's fine that it's unoriginal it's fine that it that it lacks creativity because everything's already been done before so who cares um you know i had this conversation with a friend about a year ago uh we were talking about um zack snyder's uh army of the dead and i told him that you know it was fine it's well made um I was interested in it because I've always followed Zack Snyder's career. I really loved his movies um, as a teenager when he was making Dawn of the Dead and 300 and uh, and Watchmen and and now as I've I've grown up and I've become an adult and I have more life and world experiences and I've seen a lot more stuff. Um, I realize that movies like 300 is not the peak of cinema. You know what I mean? Like, that was my favorite movie when I was 17. Uh, but I've grown up a bit. My tastes have matured a bit. And the more I see of Zack Snyder, uh, the more hackneyed he seems at times. But for better or worse, his stuff is always... There's something interesting about it that I can't put my finger on. Now, I'm not the world's biggest Zack Snyder fan. I'm not the one that's gonna uh, protest outside Warner Brothers' studio saying... Um, you know, restore the Snyderverse and shit like that. Like, I was really happy for him to complete his vision because I think he was really done dirty by the studio and I hate it when studios meddle with someone's vision. I want to see them, even if it sucks, I want, I'd rather a director and a creative person to have their uh, version of a movie or a story come out that is, um, that is not messed with or muddled with by the studio heads. That Frankenstein's mishmash monster of Justice League of Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder styles was almost unpalatable. Uh, so I was happy for him to get his vision out there, but I still, I don't think he's, you know, a terrific or a really great director. But nevertheless, I was interested in his new zombie movie because he was going back to his roots of Dawn of the Dead, a movie I quite enjoy, and I still think it's pretty good to this day, so I, I was interested in that. And it was, it kind of had a neat little concept of zombies, but Las Vegas. But even despite that, once it got past that unique little idea, I felt it just wasn't that original. I, I said it, it felt like it hit all of its, um, all, all of your standard zombie movie beats, and it didn't really bring anything new to the table for the genre. And it was just kind of dull and lackluster. And he said, well, everything's already been done, so what else do you do? And I'm like, well, yeah, but uh, it's just like with Spider-Man. Like, it, it comes to superhero movies, everything's been done. Batman, everything's been done. But the last five years has proven that there are still ways to tell unique and engaging and fresh and original stories when it comes to these two characters and superheroes in general. And these are just the opinions of some dumb chuckle fuck in rural South Dakota who doesn't know sh doesn't know shit about fuck, right? I can come up with a couple of original ideas. Why can't Hollywood bigwigs? I know it's a lot more complicated than that, but you get my point. There's plenty of originality uh, to be had. And 
you know, like, another thing, another point he brought up was that, well, there's only really, like, six stories in all of fiction, you know, that, that you can do. There's that concept, right? And it's like, yeah, I get what you're talking about, but still, with those six different stories, those six different concepts, you can still come up with a ton of creative ideas and decisions. Like, I think one of those six ideas, you know, or, or I should just say, the, the six ideas talk about, like, you know, I, I don't know exactly what they are, but one's, like, the revenge story, one's the redemption story, one's the, the hero's journey, something like that, right? So let's say one of those six cork ideas or, or six ideas is only, is the, is the hero's journey. Star Wars is a hero's journey in the same way that Swiss Army Man could be considered a hero's journey story, right? They both have a lot of the same core concepts when it comes to their structure and how they're built narratively, but they could not be any more different in terms of style, tone, and subject matter. So even though you can have two similar movies when it comes to those six core ideas, or, or there's only six stories in all fiction, and, and one of them's a hero's journey, even though you have only six stories, one of those stories can produce wildly varying different results. So I don't buy this idea that, um, that just because everything's already been done and that there's only six stories you can tell in fiction, I don't buy that that's an excuse for lack of originality or creativity um, in your narrative. Uh, and you know, like I said earlier, I, I said you take two different ideas and you mash them together to create something unique and original. And you might say, well, with Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, it's, it's, it's aliens meets a zombie movie. And that's something we haven't seen before. And I'd say, well, no, that doesn't really work in that sense because uh, the xenomorphs from like aliens and zombies from your your typical zombie movie, they're basically the same thing. They're um, they're they're a horde of uh, carnal and primal creatures that are just operating on their their most basic instinct. They just want to uh, to kill, to eat, to survive. Uh, they can't be bargained with. They can't be reasoned with. You can't talk them out of their goal or their motivation or their objectives. They're just going to do what they do, and you have to shoot them to death and hope to God you don't run out of bullets. So when Zack Snyder made his Army of the Dead, um, and this has been pointed out in YouTube videos and essays and things like that, but his, uh, his Army of the Dead is, is basically beat for beat. is just aliens. It's James Cameron's aliens, but uh, with a new filter of zombies. And, and to me, that's not that same concept I talked about earlier of like how Spider-Man Far From Home is Euro Trip meets Spider-Man. To me, Army of the Dead is not an example of that. It's just a copy and a paste um, with, a, with a new filter over the top to disguise it as being something new and different when it's really not. You know, it's that meme of, hey, can I copy your homework? Sure, but just switch it up a little so no one notices. It's that. Um, but that said, like I said, it's, it's still, it's well done enough that it's fine. But to me, it's not creative and it's not original and that doesn't get a pass that movie doesn't get a pass for not being creative or, or original even though there's been you know a million zombie movies before and what do you do like you know i don't know G give me another episode or another week and maybe i'll come up with a couple of ideas 
Kind of like I came up with a couple of high concept ideas for superhero movies. I think there's still tons of stuff you can do in all sorts of different genres. So, you know, like I said, those are the, the couple of different types of people um, I've come in contact with or, or conversations I've had regarding originality in movies. I still think there's a ton of originality, ton of original stories that you can do uh, when it comes to even your big popcorn blockbuster type movies. I talked about it a bit in my last episode. Um, I talked about it this episode. Even though there's those those six ideas or those six stories in all fiction that you can do, even though there's only six of them, you can still get a ton of of, uh, of varying um, success and a lot of uh, different things out of them. So. Uh, I don't buy this concept that creativity is dead, and I also don't buy the concept that you can dismiss something or excuse something for not being creative. I don't think movies get a pass for not being creative. Uh, there's still a lot of um, work between the lines. There's a lot of work you can do in the confines of your concept that can allow you to be creative and original. So that's really all I wanted to rant about this episode. Um, this has been Roy's Ranting and Rambling Reviews. Uh, I'm Roy. If you want to yell at me about how dumb or wrong I am, if you want to send me some of your ideas for something that you think would be creative or original or fresh or just all around neat, uh, send me an email at rcoberly54 at gmail. That's R-C-O-B-E-R-L-E, the number five, the number four at gmail. Uh, and my letterboxed Username is the same thing as my Gmail. It's just rcoberly54. Follow me on there for all my my rants and my reviews on there. Uh, Other than that, this has been a podcast episode. Uh, This has been Roy's Ranting and Rambling Reviews. My name's Roy. I'll see you next time.